quick thank you to our sponsors for making this podcast possible. They keep this show free to listen to. This episode is sponsored by Byheart. Byheart features a patent protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. Their formula includes the most abundant protein, alpha-lac, found in breast milk, as well as lactoferrin, the number one protein found in colostrum. Byheart is an easy-to-digest formula, which includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio like an early breast milk, making it great for a newborn's digestive system. Byheart is the only U.S.-made infant formula made with certified clean ingredients, including organic, grass-fed, whole milk, not skim. What it doesn't have is soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast. Use code PEACE for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. I'm Michelle, recovering yeller, control freak, and perfectionist. I didn't want to be a connected parent, but my strong and smart oldest daughter would not succumb to my bribes, threats, and manipulations. After years of controlled parenting, I threw it all out and started over. I doubled down on the idea of connected parenting and turned in time out for time in. It's taken me years to figure out how to unknot sticky situations without using punishments, but I've finally cracked the code and now I can help you create the relationship with your child that you dreamt of having when you first decided to become a parent. It's not easy letting go of star charts and bribes, but you can change. Listen in as we interview parents just like us who found success and hear from experts who will help us better understand how to form a deep bond with our children. Welcome to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. Parenting books can be daunting. The length, the amount of information, and the time it takes to read and understand the material. Hand in Hand Parenting has a booklet set that has become what I recommend and use with all of my clients. The Listening to Children digital booklet set teaches you the tools of connection with examples in a concise and easy to read form. Because I'm certified through Hand in Hand and I adore all things connection, I have become their partner. If you buy this extremely useful booklet set, a portion of the sale will go directly to support this little podcast and its production. If you go to handinhandparenting.org forward slash partner forward slash peace and parenting, you can buy these extremely helpful booklets or anything else in their store. Again, you can go to handinhandparenting.org forward slash partner forward slash peace and parenting. Welcome to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. I'm Michelle, and I'm here with a lovely guest, Ashley, who is one of our community members, and she has come with a parenting question. But before we get to her question, I want to just have her tell us a little bit about herself, where she's from, and how many kids she has, and something that's going well in your world, Ashley. Okay. Hi, I'm Ashley. I am originally from Northern California, born and raised there, but A few months ago, my family and I moved to Nashville, Tennessee. We're a little bit outside Nashville, but greater Nashville area. I have two kids. I have two boys, a four-year-old and an almost two-year-old. He'll be two in April. What's going well in my life? Actually, I 
just found a whole new kind of creative outlet for myself and have really fallen in love with, I don't know if this is video, but making art like the piece that's above my head right now. So I've been creating things like that and just feels really great to be doing something for myself. Wow. It's so pretty too. Nobody Thank you. <laughs> it's an art piece that's wood. And it's all different pieces cut and laid down together and like kind of like a mosaic almost. Yeah, it's definitely, I would consider it a mosaic, like geometric kind of wood art, which I'm having a lot of fun with and teaching myself how to use power tools. And it's really cool. Yes, please. I like that. Good for you. So fun. Okay, so we have a parenting question. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you guys are struggling with. Okay, so it's mostly my four-year-old. He is so intelligent and so bright, but I'm struggling with his behavior when he doesn't get what he wants is mostly when I feel like it comes out. He will hit a lot. He will hit, he will scratch, he will bite. It's only in those moments when he is, we call it like at a level 10 kind of when it's just all of the sudden he gets so upset with whatever's happening or not happening and he can't bring himself out of it. So he'll start to hit and I've done the, I'm going to hold your arms. I'm not going to let you hit me. I can't let you hit me. Can't let you hit your brother. Cause sometimes if the baby is close to me, he like looks at him and it's like, it's your fault and tries to hurt him. So obviously I want to prevent anyone from getting hurt, but I also want to try to figure out a way to help him manage those feelings and not want to hurt us. Recently, the thing that works is not ideal, but I've had to take him to his room when he gets that I'm going to hit or whatever it is, I'll put him in his room and close the door and I sit on the outside of the door talking to him. Because if I hold on to him tight and like hold his arms to keep him from hitting me, it just makes him more angry and he gets mad. He's thrashing around and he's just riles him up more. It doesn't help him calm down. So I'll sit outside the door and talk to him like, I'm right here. I just need you to not hit me anymore. And I can come inside the room and we can talk. If you're ready to not hurt me, then I can come inside, but I can't let you continue to hurt me. But even that, like in my mind, I'm like, but I don't feel like that is the right solution. I feel like that's still isolating him. We had tried to do timeouts and we would put him in his room and he flat out told me, I don't like it. It makes me feel like I'm by myself. I don't know. I'm just struggling with how to deal with it really for the most part, how to help him recognize that you're not always going to get what you want. Sometimes it's going to be no. I can set that firm boundary and he can be upset, but I just don't want him to start hurting people or threatening to hurt people. The other day, he's like, do you want me to hit you? No, of course I don't. Not really. <laughs> I don't want you to hit Probably me. not. <laughs> do I have a choice here? Right. <laughs> if I say no, is that going to stop you? <laughs> a good question, though. He's really going for it. Yeah, yeah. He is. And I feel like he's actually almost learned. And I hope that this is not like him learning from example, because I don't feel that we do this, but it's almost like, Not that he's bribing, but it's almost in a threatening way. Do you want me to do this? I know you don't want me to do this. So I'm going to give you the opportunity to tell me not to. Mm -hmm. Like the other day, he was upset about, I don't even remember, not getting to read another book before bed, but his brother was already asleep and he's getting mad. Do you want me to scream? 
I'm like, no, I don't want you to scream. Your brother's asleep. I just feel like he's so smart. He's so intelligent. He's very advanced for his age. So he gets it a lot more, I think. And I feel like that is more of a struggle for me too, because he's intelligent. I don't know how else to explain it. We got a lot to talk about. Cut me off because I I can probably ramble. Yeah, no, but I think Ashley, first of all, you are not alone. This is common. I hear it all the time. In a way that makes me feel a little bit better, but then also I'm like, well, that. I don't want to feel better about other people feeling this also. No, no, no. But but I just think like, we don't have to think that he's abnormal or that you've done something wrong. Right. This is like some extraordinary case, Mm -hmm. normal child behavior. And we we can help you fix it. Okay. Totally. And I just want to say, it must be so hard for you because you're having to take on all these feelings and all this anger and all these emotions. And you just want everything to be okay. You want people to be happy. You want your kids to get along. And I'm sure it's not easy on you. It's not. And I want it to be. They're so close in age. And we try and tell him, because a lot of times it is directed towards his brother too. We've tried to tell him like, this is your best friend. Like you get to grow up with him and he's always going to be here for you to play with. And he believes Um, that and he knows that and he loves his brother. He does. He does. He does. It isn't that it's his fault or it's not his fault, but it's just how he's processing how he's feeling. Right. So I think that's it. We can really zoom in on the aggression and Mm -hmm. we can nitpick that apart. But let's for a minute, let's zoom out. And then I'm going to give you things for the actual aggression, but let's just zoom out and think of him more globally. Okay. He's four. He's got the two-year-old brother, three-year-old brother. Almost two. Yeah. Okay. So almost two. So he's this little brother hasn't been around that long. Yeah. And when the little brother comes, he's like fearful that he's not going to get enough love. He's not going to get enough attention. There Mm -hmm. isn't enough for him, even though that's not true. And honestly, that it does. My husband and I have talked about how it feels like his behavior really took a turn when the baby was born. Absolutely. That <laughs> but then I'm like, well, he was turning three, you know, that's kind of just a volatile age sometimes as it is. Every family has this and mm-hmm. every older sibling feels threatened by their little, they love them, but they see right. the breastfeeding or they see all the care that the baby's getting and they're kind of pushed to the side, not on purpose, not because we're trying to be mean, but because we have two kids to take care of now, but they are right. fearful. So aggression comes from fear. So he's fearful. We don't know what we can surmise that it's he's fearful. He's not going to get enough love and attention. And the other thing we have to keep in mind is our reptilian brain and his reptilian brain says to him, I need these big people for survival. I need them for water, for food, for shelter, for love. I need them for everything. If I don't have them, I don't live. Now, certainly that isn't so true, but the reptilian brain tells our child that right? And Mm -hmm. so when they feel that the relationship between the parents is fractured because their attention is diverted elsewhere, they fear that they're not going to get their needs met. So they go to this fear place and it can happen in the most random times because it's not logical and they're in their subconscious. And so it could be that he didn't get the red truck, but actually he's processing the fear of not getting his needs met. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to remedy because on the surface, 
where it's hard to rationalize rather on the surface, it looks one way, but it could very well be that it's a deeper issue. It's a deep right. feeling. It's a deeper unmet need. Yeah. He's usually really good about expressing his feelings too, which is one of the ways that I just feel like he's, I mean, there've been a few times where he's told me I was jealous because you were hugging brother or why does it always feel like you care about him more than you care about me if I put on the TV show that his brother wanted to watch, not the one that he picked or whichever the case may be. And so he's, how do you sometimes to him? Normally I tell him that that's not true. I don't love him more than I love you. I don't treat him nicer than I treat you, but A, it's his turn right now. You picked the last one or... That makes sense, right? Of course you want to tell him. Of course, I don't love your brother more than you. Of course, that's not true. Of course, these things aren't so. But when we say that, we're denying him his feelings because he actually feels that way. You can say, oh, I know it must seem that way. I'm sorry. I know I love you so much. I know this is hard to have a new brother. He feels like he gets all the attention, doesn't it? And empathize with him and validate the fact that he has these feelings and those feelings are valid and important. I can see you're hurting and I can hear you're hurting and I'm going to support you in that hurt. So I think that would be one way when he says those things is to really come with empathy. I think the fear in me sometimes that drives my response is I don't want him to then look at his brother that way or feel like his brother is treated differently. So I want to ensure him that that's not the case. He deep down knows that's not the case. He just feels threatened in the moment. And that's a real feeling. And that's okay for him to feel that way. It's like, I think as parents, we're like, we don't want anything to be bad for our kids, right? We want everything right. to be good. And if we say everything is good, then maybe everything will be good, right? <laughs> but when yeah, we can, right? Just like, no, 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 no. Actually, you're fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. We're fine. Your brother's fine. Everything's good. You know? <laughs> but if we can just <laughs> lean into it not being okay, they can release mm-hmm. it more. So if you right. keep coming up against this thing where he's saying, you know, you love the brother more, you this, you that. He'll never be able to process it until he gets the empathy and he feels heard and understood and he can start to let it go. Okay. So that would be one tip I would say for that. Okay. The other thing I wanted to talk about is just connection in general. Mm -hmm. We want to keep our kids connected, meaning we want to keep their prefrontal cortex, the thinking, reasoning portion of their brain. We want to keep it intact. And the way we keep it intact is by keeping their limbic system, their emotional core more level. And we keep that emotional core more level when we have connection because our limbic system connects to their limbic system and that keeps us regulated. That keeps them regulated. That is the essence of connection. If we are building in connection everywhere in our parenting world and staying away from shame, blame, belittling, lecturing, Reasoning, talking out of feelings, punishments, consequences, and yelling. We stay away from all of those things. We have a better chance of keeping our child connected. Right. So if we stay away from all those things and also build in connection pieces, empathy, special time, limits, and listening to feelings, and all of these other great things, then we have a better chance of him going off the rocker less. Right. So although it is about the moment and the aggression and the whatever, it actually isn't. 
the, all the other times. And that's what's very confusing about this method, I think, is that everyone's like, well, what do I do when they hit? And I'm like, well, that's a really <laughs> good question. Do you have an hour? <laughs> yeah. I can tell you, but it's going to take a minute. Because right. we have to look at the whole child. Like we have to look at them and all of what's going on with him. He's having a hard time and he's showing you by being aggressive. In those moments, his prefrontal cortex is gone. He cannot think or reason. And that's why your intelligent boy becomes not so intelligent. Right. right? <laughs> and so he's operating maybe on his limbic system. I think he's lost it totally. And he's going to fight, flight, or freeze. And that's why he's going into aggression because he's completely lost. And so that's when people will say, I can't let you hit your brother. And I'm like, well, they can't even hear you say that. Right. So that's why yeah. that doesn't work. Yep. And I mean, we've tried it. Sometimes I look at my husband, nothing that we're saying right now, he cannot hear us. That's like nice. this is not working. <laughs> yes. You got it because he can't hear you. And there's nothing we can say in any of these moments that do anything. It's what we can right. do. You can't rationalize it. No, it's what we do. I attribute all of the major shifts and changes in my parenting to Hand in Hand and Patty Whipfler. I could not have achieved the inroads to more connection with Esme and Pia without the Hand in Hand parenting approach. I owe this method and my sanity to their tools. That's why I've become an affiliate partner of Hand in Hand Parenting. Purchasing their products using my affiliate link directly supports this little podcast at no extra cost to you. I recommend the Listening to Children digital booklet set to all of my clients. It perfectly explains the listening tools and has been something I constantly return to myself. These tools are the heart of what I've learned myself and what I teach my clients. If you go to handinhandparenting.org forward slash partner forward slash peace and parenting, you can order them and also support this podcast in the process. So go to handinhandparenting.org forward slash partner forward slash peace and parenting and learn the essence of connective parenting while also supporting the peace and parenting podcast. I will also put the link in the show notes. So a couple of things I want to talk about. One is I'd say, don't let him be in his room by himself. Right. I would go in there with him, even though it's going to make him more angry. Maybe that's okay. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's where he needs to go. That's almost what I was thinking. Cause a lot of times he'll just pound on the door. And I'm like, I mean, I guess you're getting the energy out. Like I try and give him go punch your pillow, go hit your bed. If you need to hit something, you know, you have, I can't hear these you. Other- so I would go in there and I've had a million of these tantrums with my own children. I've helped hundreds of people do it with their children. And it's all about like going in and saying, I'm right here. I'm not going to leave you alone when you're upset. I understand you're having a hard time. And then you listen. And you let them go bananas and you don't say, but I can't let you hit me. You just, if you need to, you put your hand on their hand and you put it down. You put a pillow in between you. You keep yourself safe, but you let him emote. Okay. And it might look pretty ugly. Yeah. But over time, over a few weeks, you're going to see that the 30 minute tantrum turns into the 10 minute tantrum turns into the five minute tantrum and that there'll be less tantrums because he's here. He's letting him get it out as opposed to stopping it. Yeah. There's this idea out there that we want to calm our children down, that if they're Mm -hmm. upset, we want them to be calm 
And I'm of the mind that if our children are upset, we let them dig into their upset, find their own internal calm on their own terms with their own free will, as opposed to imposing our will on their calm. Right. That makes sense. Now, let me just whoever's listening out there, I would not give somebody all this stuff because it's a lot. If we were doing sessions, I would be like, okay, let's go home and work on the connection piece and getting rid of the punishments piece. Then you get to come back and say, this didn't work, this did, and we reassess. And then when we talk, other issues start coming out because the more you discuss all this stuff, it becomes, I notice a little thing here and there, and then we can dive into that. I'm going to give you a lot. You can figure out what you want to do with all of it. Okay. Okay, So there's that whole idea of staying with him when he's having a hard time. Take his hand and I would immediately get in between them immediately. Do not let it fester at all. If you see or hear that it's something's happening, get in immediately. I'd also say, do not leave them alone if he's hurting because he's in a bad place and he's going to take it on his brother and it's not necessarily his fault, but he doesn't know what else to do. Right. So come in immediately. I would take his hands very gently and say, I'm so sorry. If he starts to get really mad, then you say, okay, now we go to the room and we have the tantrum together. Okay. You're not always going to be able to do that because you've got two kids. Right. The toddler, at least right now, he's pretty chill and pretty calm. (laughs) So do you think that I would be able to do that more often than not, unless they're both losing it at the same time? (laughs) Which happens too, which then you're just like, okay, people will say, what do I do? And I'm like, you run away. You (laughs) go out the front door and you say goodbye, everybody. I can't take (laughs) you anymore. Those you just like, you cross your fingers and hope you get through it when they're both being crazy and you try to be empathic as you can, but it's very difficult. You're going to come in, you're going to have the tantrum. You're going to sit through the whole tantrum as long as you can. And then I want you to make notice, like, how is he processing? What's happening? Did he calm down? How long did it take? How did he feel afterwards? What was his disposition that day and the day after? And how did things Mm -hmm. feel and really notice what's going on with him? We have done that where we'll sit in the room with him or sometimes whenever he does kind of come out of his anger, a lot of times he gets really, really apologetic and almost like his sorrow is so strong that he gets really upset and everything's my fault and it's just my fault, mom. It's all because of me and... And in that moment, it's like, well, what do I do here? Because I don't want him to feel all this negative, it's all my fault feelings. Yes, you shouldn't have hit me or you shouldn't have done this, but I wouldn't say it's all your fault. I don't know. He does get very shame apologetic and yeah, yeah, on his own. That's really interesting. So then we know like you've done something right because he has a moral fiber and he feels bad about what he did and you taught him that by modeling a moral behavior. So good for you. (laughs) Thank you. And you just say to him, I know you had a hard time and we were right there with you and it's okay to have a hard time. It's okay to have your feelings. It's okay Mm -hmm. to be upset. We'll be right here. And I love you no matter what you do or say. Right. And you reassure him that this is a normal process. Pia used to say, I hate having my big feelings. I don't want to have a tantrum. It's terrible. I hate it, mom. I don't want to do it. 
And I would say, it's all good, baby. It's natural. You're doing what your body needs to do. I'll be right here with you. I'll be there with you while you're having your tantrum. I'll never let you have it alone. We try and remind him too, that they won't last forever. The way you're feeling right now, you're not going to feel this forever. It will go away and we can all just move on. And, you know, we're sorry that you feel this way now, but you won't always. And Mm -hmm. Just how yeah. it goes. And that's it. And I think the more we cannot be mad about it or not chastise or not be disappointed or show those things, then we're showing them like, this is normal. You'll be all right. You'll make it through. And if you're seeing that remorse when you do do it, now we know that is the ticket. You do want to go there because we want a child to get to natural remorse, right? He's getting there already. So that's huge. Yeah. A lot of kids take a long time to get there. He's getting there already. You know what to do already. I think we get confused. We're like, okay, was that the right thing? Or do I do this thing? Because the results are slow and the whole thing is so tedious and and circuitous. And it's like, what are we doing? Which thing works? And it's so different from the way that my husband or I were raised too. Mm -hmm. So sometimes that kind of comes into play where... I think that a lot of times most people kind of default to parenting the way they were parented. I like have to rein myself in. I was told you apologize like you mean it. You don't mean when it. I tell okay. you to right now. <laughs> right. Because I definitely like, mean it when you tell me to do it. Right. Exactly. But it is hard sometimes to step away from, well, this is what I know because this is how I was parented. But then there's the other part of me that knows that that's not productive and that that's not going to work for my child. I think that's part of why this is hard. It's because you're fighting against what feels natural or what feels Mm -hmm. familiar. And so you're fighting against yourself to do these things. And it's so hard to do those things that you think, is this right? Like this feels like it's easier, but in actuality, Mm -hmm. it's not because what we're doing is we're really in this whole endeavor. We're trying to create a relationship with our child. And we want to do everything we can to preserve that relationship for them and for us. And so that's not what conventional parenting says to us. Conventional parenting says the behavior is terrible. We're going to threaten, punish, bribe, you know, yell until we get the behavior we want. And we sacrifice the relationship. Right. Okay. I think we got to a lot of good stuff. Did that feel helpful? It did. Yes. I think, and I've listened to your podcast and followed you on Instagram for a while. So a lot of times that information is sitting in the back of my head as I'm trying to do things. And it is hard to follow through all the time. Like we were just talking about, because it's so opposite of what has been ingrained in myself my entire life. So sometimes it feels like I know what I should be doing or what I could do better here, but it, I don't know, maybe just having that reassurance that this is normal and these are the things that we can do to help him. Cause it, it does, it feels really isolating sometimes. And there's always that fear for me that there's a deeper issue or there's something that I'm missing as far as why he's so upset and so angry. He's just a little boy who has a new brother. <laughs> that's really it. And you know what all kids going to have upsets their whole life. Mm-hmm. And being a human being in this world is life is not rainbows and unicorns. It just isn't. Right. And that's okay. 
Because with this also, you're building in lots of resiliency for him. You're saying like, you can go through hard things. You can be really upset. You can be down and out. I'm going to be here with you and you are going to persevere. So now you're building in this huge piece of resiliency for him too. Yeah. And that's what I want to make sure too, to give him the tools to where he's not a teenager hitting people because he's upset. Or I want him to be able to figure out how to handle his emotions in a different way without lashing out at other people. Yeah. I would work on all the other stuff and take the focus off the hitting. Okay. And I think that will help. I think that will really, really help. Oh my gosh. Thank you for your question. It was such a good one. I know people will really like it because a lot of people are in the same situation, identical, so many. And so I think people will really glean a lot from this episode. So thank you for sharing with us. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Of course. Okay. Thanks for joining us on the Peace and Parenting Podcast. I'm Michelle and I'll see you guys next time. I have been right where Ashley is, trying to figure out how to come to my aggressive daughter with love and kindness while also finding ways to get it to subside. It's not an easy behavior to unravel, but when we look at the whole child and all of their needs, we can begin to find ways to build in connection in an effort to begin chipping away at the behavior using love. I look forward to connecting with you again next week or somewhere in the online world. Thank you for all the kind reviews and ratings. If you have a minute and you would like to enter to win my online course, How to Stop Yelling, take a screenshot of your review and email it to me at michelle at peaceandparentingla.com. That's all for now. Much love. See you next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.